0: You know, as parents, we want to be successful in raising kids. We want our kids to grow up to be, um, you know, great adults that that give to society. We want our kids to be successful. I know there's different measures of success as to what that looks like. And uh, obviously, we're looking at the biblical value of success from God's word. But we don't want our kids to strike out in life. We don't want our kids to strike out. We want our kids... Uh, to at least get on base, maybe even hit a home run in life. And because why, why do we want to do that, parents? Because it's a reflection on us, right? Now, let me just say this. Parents who have adult children now, and you've done everything you could to, uh, to show them God's word, there is a point where they make their own decisions. They make their own choices, and as they get into adulthood and uh, as they figure out uh, what that looks like and what kind of implications bad choices have on them, them, and, them um, and their friends, then um, you're, you're kind of like, okay, hands off. I've done everything I could do. But just know this, while they're in your home, parents, you can do a lot to help raise home-run kids. Now, I know not everybody in this room has kids at home. Uh, people are... Uh, People raise kids in many other areas. Whether it be a sports team, you could be a coach, you could be a teacher, you could be an aunt, you could be an uncle, a grandparent, whatever that is. And today's message especially is going to speak to uh, every single one of you today, whether you uh, have kids or not, because there's some things that you're going to be able to carry over into your into your life. But it all starts with home base. So in your bulletin, you should have ha- you should receive. One of these. So, if you want to get this out, we have this, and it all begins at home. And just know that when it all begins at home, this is where we teach our kids how to connect with God. This is how we teach our kids to connect with God by putting Him first in uh, their lives. And the way we do that is we um, we're intentional with our time. With our talks and with the truth, we're intentional bringing them to church. You are intentional and, and bringing uh, your family to church, and um, our, our students we meet on th- Thursday nights. And uh, it's intent- you could be intentional to bring them there. You could be intentional with the talks that you give to connect things in life to God, and you could be intentional with the truth, separating the truth from the lies of this world. Because the more they know um, the truth. Uh, the more that they're gonna be able to break the chains of deception as they get older. So uh, they're on home plate, they learn how to connect with God, and this is all about, uh, this is where you win with God, win with God, W-I-N. Then you, you, you hit the ball, you get on first base. First base, as we can see here, is, um, is about character. It's about loving myself by making right choices. It's about building character. You know, many times um, as parents, we want our kids just to, just to do what's right, just, just do what's right because, because I told you so. Well, parents, I want to encourage you, it goes much deeper than that. As Especially they get into preteen and, and teenagers and, and so on and so forth. We need to be able to let them know that it, it's deeper than just you obeying me because I said so, because it's gonna help you as a better person for example lying or telling the truth you want your kids at first you you need to tell the truth because I said so but then as they understand you want them to say you want to tell them look I want you to live a life where you're not lying to yourself if you're constantly lying to yourself it's going to hurt yourself And so it it, it changes it to where they're not doing it because they have to obey you. They're doing it because it affects them. And so they're able to love themselves and um, they're able to be confident, but not arrogant. And they learn how to value themselves by making right choices. They learn the art of self-control. And this is where they get to win within. The first base is all about winning with God. And understanding his love and connecting with him, the second, uh, second base, uh, first base after home plate is all about winning within. Because there's battles that, that students face as they get older. And once they understand that healthy uh, self-esteem that God has given them, how God loves them, they learn that at home base. They learn that from you, parents. And when they do that, they're able to bring that and to be able to make right choices. Why? Because they love themselves in the eyes of God, okay? It's not a prideful thing. It's they've got to have a healthy self-esteem, and that's very important. And then as, um, as they get on from first base to go into second base, um, today we're gonna to camp out here on second base. It's all about community. It's all about loving others. You know, the Bible says you ought to, you ought to love others like you love yourself. I mean, Jesus said that. Well, it's hard to love others if you don't love yourself. Does that make sense? It's hard to truly love others, um, like the Bible says to love them, if you really don't have a healthy self-esteem of yourself. And so uh, so we want to value others on second base. We want to value others, not use others. We want to teach our kids to value other people, not just use them. It's so easy just to use people, just to say, okay, I want this from this person. This person can give me X, Y, and Z, so I'm going to... I'm going to be their friend, and I'm going to treat them nicely for what they can give to me. Uh, we, that's not the way to, to go about it. We want to value people uh, where, they at, where, they're, where they're at and not use them. So second base is all about community. And so um, this, this whole principle that we're going to camp out on here today is called love others by treating them the way I want to be treated. Love others by treating them the way I want to be treated. Well, where, where, is, this, where is this found? It was, it's found in the words of Christ when he was uh, uh, in, in the book of John, I'm sorry, in the book of Matthew chapter 7, and uh, we find this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, and if you have your copy of God's word, we're going to turn to that, and if not, we have it on the screen. We also have it on the UVersion Bible app, but want to read this um, and be, let you be reminded that in... Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, it says, this, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So this sort of, this golden rule here, which is found in God's word, is, is all about in everything we do, we are to treat others and do for others what they would do to you, what you would want them to do unto you. And so this, this principle that we're gonna camp out on today is found right there where in the words of Jesus, and you can, even, you can even take this not only in your kids. Parents, let me talk with you. For those who are married or those who are in relationships, you, uh, you can use this principle in your marriage. You could say, well, uh, I need to treat my spouse the way I would wanna be treated, well, can I, can I tell you something? If you're treating your spouse in, in a negative way, maybe you have a bad outlook on who you are. Maybe you don't have a proper understanding of who God made you to be and that you are loved by God. Some people, some, some couples, they have... Uh, fights and they have quarrels all the time and they're not treating each other with respect mainly because they don't deserve, they don't feel like they deserve to even be treated well because maybe some some choices they've made in the past. Well, I don't, I don't feel like I need to be treated well or I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be treated nicely. So if I don't tr- deserve to be treated nicely, then I'm not gonna treat my spouse. Well, that goes back to your understanding, parents, those who are married or in relationships, of who you are in Christ. You gotta go back to first base. You gotta go back to home plate. You gotta understand who God created you to be. You gotta connect with God. You gotta win with God. And then, you gotta win within yourself. Because there's no way you're gonna treat people with love if you don't love yourself. You can carry this over into many areas into your life, and so as um, as we are uh, talking about loving others, we can uh, we can look on into uh, the rest of this uh, of this passage here. It, you can go up to verse seven and see what he's talking about. What he, this is leading towards. So, in verse seven of uh, Matthew chapter seven, it says, "This ask and it will be given to you. Again, this is Jesus talking. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened." to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for a uh, for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Him. So we can all agree that we're all evil in this world. I mean, we're, we, we all make bad choices. We are all innate sinners. All of us are sinners. So if you want to take a look at some good sinners, y'all, y'all just look around the room. Okay, look around the room. There's lots of good sinners, okay? It's okay. Look around the room. And if you're scared to look around the room, just look in the mirror, you know, because we can all just look in the mirror and understand that we, uh, we have an innate desire for sin or for evil. And, and I love how he says, um, though uh, you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so what, what Jesus is saying is this. What Jesus is saying is, I and my Father God, we love to give good gifts. We just ask. Just ask us. You, you have some issues in your life? You have some struggles in your life? Relationship struggles? Financial struggles? Health struggles? Emotional problems? Whatever they are, ask. Jesus has given you full permission. Why? Because I love you. How great is my love for you. And so he turns that around and says, you as parents, you, you give great gifts to your children, but just imagine what I can give, a holy and righteous God who loves you. So how does this fit in with this diagram? If you look at this diagram, if, we're, if you look just a little bit further onto base three, It's all about competence. Love what I do, doing my best. You know, in this this world, third base is where we like to hang out. It's all about striving for success. It's all about us being competent. You know, what kind of job we have. You know, and so we push our kids to competence. We push our kids to competence. But the problem is that... If we put this first, if we put base three first, then we've skipped out on connecting with God, we, which is winning with God. We, we skip out on building the character of winning within, and then of loving others. And so Jesus is saying, look, I, I'm gonna take care of you. All you gotta do is ask. Don't depend so much on your own abilities. Don't depend upon your own abilities for, to make this happen. Because if you depend upon this too much, you can't just go to third base and have, uh, and, and, and have a great healthy self-esteem and love others and love God. You can't do that if you so focus on base three. And so our understanding of that, that God provides is, is huge. And the fact that it's not all about what we do, but it's about how God loves us and then how we internalize that love for ourselves, and then how we share that love to others. And then through that, we're able to do everything for the glory of God. We're actually able to look through the lens of God through God's love to be successful in our career, and so on and so forth. So um, what are some ways that, that we uh, can value people? If we're going back to, if we're focusing on base two, what are some ways that we can value people? What are some ways that we can, that we can show love to others? What are some ways we can show in our community? Number one, we have respect. We have respect. We value people we value people and this is all about what how we think of people this is all in the mind we need to have respect for people because let me tell you something you know where we lose respect for people is is right here in our mind and in our heart and then that that leaks do you know what's in your mind leaks it leaks all the time it whatever you're thinking will eventually come into what you're what you're saying and what's in your thinking, what's in your mind, what you're thinking will eventually go into your actions. And you will eventually be living out those things that you're thinking. So it's all a battle of the mind. So when you have respect, you've got to have respect with how people, what you think of people. And y'all, this is hard. How many of y'all know there are difficult people in the world? And if you're not raising your hand, you're probably one of them. All right? Okay. So, so... There are difficult people in the world. I mean, just just on the roads, on the roads. You know, I, I was driving. <laughs> I was driving to church this morning. I was coming early with Logan, and there was somebody on your Harley Road going thirty miles an hour. And it, that was you. You need to go a little faster. <laughs> the speed limit's forty-five. At least go fifty, right? Amen. <laughs> so, so I, I'm just like you know, who is this person, you know? And, you know? And I couldn't pass him and everything. And so Logan was sitting, sitting you know, beside me, and, and I'm just thinking, I better shut up because I'm preaching about this this morning. <laughs> you know, but there's idiots in the world, you know, you have to deal with, you know? Oh, come on, you've called people on the road idiots before. We all have. Yes, yes. But when we're driving, and, and just difficult people and and that's just one example. People you have to work with, you know, that fool in the cubicle next to you, you know, that 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 teacher in the classroom down from you who's kind of creepy, you know, or whatever. That neighbor who just bought some, you know, binoculars and you don't know why, you know. <laughs> but there's there are difficult people in this world, and you just got to deal with them. But it's all about having respect. Having respect. Because um, that will eventually spell out. You know, we we, we want our kids not to show um, hatred to one another. We want them to respect one another. Teaching our kids to have respect and then to show that respect is huge. We don't say the H word. The H word. Hate. I hate you. You know? that's, That's a major line that they've crossed. That's ivory soap in the mouth, right? So we... Uh, we show, share our kids, we don't hate one another. We love one another. It's so easy just to vent, vomit, and vacate. You know, we, we vent what's in our heart, what we're thinking, and we just vomit out words, vomit out actions of whatever, of disrespect, and then we vacate, we leave. And what's left? A big mess. A big mess. So we teach our kids, hey, you gotta come back and clean up that mess. You gotta come back and clean up that mess. And how do you do that? You come back, you apologize. You apologize. Because this is a mess that you created. And adults, how many times have we done this? How many times have we vented to our kids or to one another, and we vented, we vomit out words of whatever, and we vacate. We're gone, and we leave it, and there's just a big mess. What do we have to do, parents? I've had to do this before. I've had to go back and say, hey, I'm sorry, I apologize for that, I was in the wrong, I'm gonna clean this up, I'm gonna clean this up. Teaching your kids to respect and to even clean up up their emotional messes. So have respect, value people, you value people by having respect. Number two, show compassion, show compassion. Uh, you, you do this by taking actions to be kind. You do this because you value people. Not because you have to. You do this because you value people. You have compassion on people. Um, have compassion for people who are, um, who are down and out. Have compassion on people who, who have even made wrong choices, bad choices. I mean, talking negatively about someone who's made a bad choice and that's affected their life and the life of their family, that's not showing compassion, okay? Showing compassion is truly because you love them out of respect, just like Jesus. Jesus showed compassion. I preached a few weeks ago uh, during the, uh, the Road to Grace series about the woman caught in adultery and how Jesus showed compassion for her. But it's really, really interesting when, when, when Jesus said, those who are without sin cast the first stone and the stones are dropped. Who, who is the one person without sin in that entire, in, in, the, in that circle of people? Who is a person without sin? It, it was Christ. So he was saying, those without sin cast the first stone. He basically gave himself the right to cast the first stone because he was without sin. And yet, he chose not to. But, He did not tell the woman, you're free to go. Just be on your way. No, what did he say? As she was getting up to leave, he said, go and stop sinning this way. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So what what Jesus is teaching us is to have respect, to have compassion on people, but not embracing their values. Not embracing their values. This is huge, parents and students in this room. Because the world teaches you right now, if you really want to have compassion, if you really want to show the love of Jesus, you're going to embrace their values. That is a lie from Satan. Who is by a reminder to you, the prince of the air of this world. And so society want, they want to tell you that you've got to be accepting of their values. Now, you can have compassion on people, but not embrace their values. We, we, we did that here at Lake Point Church. Anybody, anybody is accepted here at Lake Point Church. Anybody can walk into this door and be a part of our service, okay? But if there's, a, if there's someone here that walks in to our church, and if they're having an adulterous affair, we're not gonna embrace that value, why? because it's against God's word. Now, we can show compassion on them by saying, okay, we're gonna pray for you. We're gonna have marriage counseling. We're gonna surround you with what God's word says in a loving way. Let's try to send you on a marriage retreat or whatever that is. And we've worked through marriages, even here at Lake Point Church in the last four and a half years. But let me tell you something. We did not embrace that value. We didn't say, man, you deserve that. You deserve to, you know, to have an adulterous affair because they're not treating you right at home. No, we've never said that. We never will. Why? Because it goes against God's word. And you could put any scenario you want in that, but we are not going to be embracing or celebrating just any value that, that goes against God's word. And students, and, and I know this is tricky this is very tricky to show compassion, to show love to others, to have respect, show respect, but without embracing their values. Because this right here is, and parents, let me tell you, that's a reason why home plate is so important. That's a reason why home plate is so important. You've got to be intentional with the truth, you've got to teach your kids. It's like, well, this is wrong and this is right. And so as they make those choices and provide that compassion, they know, they know what to, how to handle that. So we, we have respect. We show compassion. And the third thing, we make friends. We teach our kids how to make friends. This is all about big circle and little circle friends. You, might, you probably have that in your, in your bulletin outline. You have the, the difference between a big circle friend and little circle. Circle friends. You know, there's, there's basically a large circle of friends that, that you will have in your life. Students, you will have in your life, you have a, lar- a large circle of friends. Parents, you have opportunities to connect your, your children to a large circle of friends. But let me tell you something within this large circle of just connecting points of people, you're going to have smaller circles. And these smaller circles are the circles that provide the most influence on your child's life. These small circles provide the most influence on your child's life. And those smaller circles are the ones you really have to look out for. You really have to look out for. Because those, uh, those will be the ones that will, that will be around your children more for example as you as you uh, if you have young children and it's a get older you have you have certain uh, guidelines for you know who comes for a sleepover comes to your house for a sleepover or you know whatever house your child is allowed to go sleepover you know there's there's all kinds of conversations that need to happen you know with with the, uh, with the other set of parents because once you once you get to the point to where you're like sleeping over at each other's house, I mean that right there is an inner circle. And you, you gotta be, be watchful for that. So those inner circles are huge. Now you want to make friends. You want your you want to put your your kids in front of the opportunities to make friends on the sports teams, obviously in, in school and uh, in your neighborhood. Yes, and and you're gonna have those big circle friends. But those friends that are hanging out more and more and more, make sure they pass certain guidelines. Let me share with you just just a few guidelines that these little circles, and remember, these little circles, those are the ones who build up your kids. Those are the ones who influence your kids. In fact, I would even dare say this, that when your kids get a certain age, those inner circle friends are having more of an influence than you, mom and dad, they are. They're having more of an influence than you once they get to a certain age. So here's some, here's some guidelines. Uh, number one, you want kids, you want people in those inner circles who do what they say. You want kids who do what they say. Some of you, some of your adults are looking at me going, man, I need to have that in my life. I need to have, I need to watch inner circles in my life. I need to make sure that there, there are people in my life in those inner circles who do what they say. Aren't you get tired of people who, don't do what they say. Okay, they're they're deadbeats. Now, now, you're gonna have some people who make mistakes and you can't come through. But I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not talking about people who are 100 percent perfect. I'm talking about people who are in the 90 percentiles. Get, just get have an A. <laughs> have an A in, in doing what you say. Doing what you say. I know you're going to mess up a little bit, but you want to have people who do what they say. And the reason why is people who don't do what they say, they cannot be trusted. They rarely can be trusted. And so if you have kids in the inner circles of of your children, and some of those other friends are kids that just don't do what they say, and they can't be trusted, guess what? That's going to have an influence on your children that's gonna have an influence on your children. A second thing you can do, a second sort of test to see which kids come into the inner circle is, um, is this, give and take, give and take. There are some who take more than they give. There's some kids and adults, some of you adults like, yeah, I need that in my life. There's some kids and some people who, who take more than they give. And there are also some who give more than they take. They're always just give, 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 and, and, and they're, not, they're not receiving anything from you. So you, what you want is you want a you balance of give and take. You want to have a balance of people in your life who know how to adjust. You know, because true love adjusts. True love knows how to adjust. Meaning, like, I, if you have someone in your life that they're, they're taking um, attention from you, if they're taking time from you, and, you know, some of you may be saying, taking you know, money, borrowing money from you. you know, they want to have a balance. They want to adjust that to where they're giving some of that back to you, some of that time, some of that attention. That is a healthy relationship, and you want your kids around some of those people. Adults, you want those kind of people in your life, singles, you want some of those people in your life, if you're dating someone and all they're doing is they're taking and taking and no giving, you might want to evaluate that relationship. And the same is true also. If all they're doing is giving and giving and giving and they're not receiving some of that, then you you guys need to talk about that. But you want someone who knows how to adjust in love. So um, you want people in your inner circles who do what they say. You want people in your inner circle who give and take, and you also want people in your inner circles who forgive and get better. Who forgive and get better. So um, let me explain it to you this way. Unsafe people apologize without changing. Unsafe people apologize without changing. If you have someone in your life, and someone in your inner circle especially, who they're, they're always apologizing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they never change, then that is not a healthy situation. That is not a healthy person in that inner circle you need to teach your children that if you if they have someone in their life they're always apologizing and they're never changing they're never making adjustments in their life then they need to move that person out of their inner circle they need to hang around that person less often until they're able to that person is able to have a self uh, have a healthy self look on things and how they relate with others and so you want Someone who apologizes and changes and they get better. Or someone who even forgives and get better, they get better. If you've done something, to, done something to somebody in your inner circle, if they're able to forgive you and then they're able to move on from that, hey, I'm moving on, it's okay. But if they're always bringing that up in, their, in, in your conversations, then do you really want them in your inner circle? I've apologized. I'm sorry. And if you've made changes in your life and they're still bringing it up, then maybe maybe you need to move them out of your inner circle. Now, married people, if if you're married and you're married to someone like that, either someone that that will not forgive and they keep bringing it up, or someone who keeps hurting you and they're apologizing but they're not making changes, you can't move them out of your inner circle. (laughs) You, you, You... you can't, I mean, maybe out of the bedroom, I guess, You know, but, but you can't really move them out of the inner circle. So you've got to get some professional Christian counseling to walk you through that. But as kids get older and make friends, we want them to make friends. That's healthy. But we also want our kids to know, look, it's, it's healthy for you to forgive someone, but if they keep bringing it up, you got to watch out for that. And, uh, and so anyway... Making friends is huge. So, do what you want kids and people in your life who do what they say. You want people in your life who give and take. They have a healthy uh, adjustment in their life, giving and taking. You also want people in your circle who forgive and get better. Forgive and get better. And they, um, they make changes after they say, I'm sorry. They make changes. That's healthy. So as we, sort of, as we sort of wrap this up, second base is how we love within community. Second base is how we love within community. We can't really love others like Christ wants us to love if we don't have a good love for ourselves, a healthy self-esteem, and how God created us to be. And we can't get that unless we connect with God at home. And there are some, even adults here today, you might be saying, you know, Frank, I I need to go back home to God. I I need to reconnect with God. I need to go back to home plate because I may not fully understand how to love God first in my life, putting God's love first in my life and allowing him to love me. And you know, the reason I know that, Frank, is because I really don't have a positive, loving outlook for myself. I really look down on myself. I really don't deserve love. I don't deserve certain things. I've done too many things in the past. And so <clears throat> I don't understand how anyone can really love me because of what I've done. Well, you need to go back to home plate. And if you want to love others better, if you want to love others the way you would like to be loved. So just like Jesus said, so in everything you do to others, do to others what you would have them to do to you. For this sums up everything, the law and the prophets. And that's basically the entire Old Testament. (laughs) The Old Testament is the law and the prophets. That's pretty much what the Old Testament is. So he's saying everything that's in the Old Testament can be summed up in one thing. Love people, treat people like you would want to be treated. That's it. That's what the Old Testament was about, and Jesus is like saying, I, "And I came here to show you what that looks like." That's what the New Testament is, and then you can accept my sacrifice and my love for you. And so maybe you're sitting here today, and you haven't really, you haven't really, um, fully given your control. To God, or maybe you're sitting here today thinking, you know, Frank, I'm not loving others like I really should. I'm not loving my kids like I really should. And and I need, I need for God to help me with that. I need God to show me how to love others. I need for God to show me that. And I need for God to show me how much He loves me and how much how how special I am to Him. Just in in this quietness of the moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. Some of you could be sitting here today, you just need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself for maybe the way you've treated others, maybe the way you've treated your own kids. And some of you should say, now Frank, I need help with that. If that is you, I just want you in the quietness of this moment we're gonna close in just a moment, but just this is a, a very important response. I just want you to, to say something like in your heart. Say, God, help me to love others. Help me to love others. Think of somewhere in the past week, maybe past month, where you've sort of vented, vomited, and vacated, and you've created a mess. Maybe you need to ask God to forgive you for that. Now I want you to ask God to give you the strength to go back to that person and clean up that mess. Could even be someone in your own house to clean up that mess. Maybe you're sitting here today and say, God, I I don't really feel loved. I really don't feel special. Please shower down your love for me. Please show me how much you love me. Show me that I, I, I just need to know And Lord, I know that all starts with spending time with you. So maybe you need to commit to the Lord. I'm going to spend more time with you this week, Lord. I'm going to be intentional to connect with you. Because Father, the more I connect with you, the more I can connect my kids to you. And the more I connect with you, the more you reveal your love for me. And the more that I can show love to others. Just take that time, just have that conversation with God.